show is here. Yo, our mission is clear. It's time to change healthcare. Have no fear. Today is the day. This is the hour. Together, you know we've got the power. Drop the silos. We're all the same team. Experience, business, tech, and marketing. How can anyone be satisfied with the way things have always been? Yeah, we tried. So join us now. Join the revolution. Consumer first health is the evolution. Status quo, more like status. No. Yeah, this is the healthcare rap. Y'all, come on, let's go. New choices, new platforms, new care models. In the healthcare of tomorrow, consumers win. But who will design it? What will it look like? And how long will it take? We're here to answer those questions with some provocative thinking about how to create the healthcare that people actually want. Ready to roll up your sleeves, look at the world a little differently, and explore the frontiers of consumer health together? Join us. This is the Healthcare Wrap. Welcome back. I'm Jared Johnson, ready to share some more provocative thinking about building the healthcare of tomorrow. This season, we're attempting the deepest dive that's ever been done on the disruptive organizations that are likely to impact the experience of healthcare consumers for years to come. For more provocative thinking, we hope you'll follow us and check out our previous episodes, all 200 of them. This show is produced by Shift Forward Health, the channel for changemakers. Subscribe to Shift Forward Health on your favorite podcast app, and you'll be subscribed to our entire library of shows. One subscription, all the podcasts you need, and it's all for free. So here's what's going to go down today. We have the flavor of the week about CVS's acquisition of Signify Health. Where does home-based care fit in the disruption equation, and can it cause convenience to be the ultimate competitive advantage? I'll talk about that. Then Zane and I are joined by regular contributor James Gardner to give the lowdown on the forays into healthcare by Best Buy, Rite Aid, and Dollar General. Three retail brands that might not be getting the same headlines as the big players, but are planting their flags in the ground in their own ways. We'll profile their moves in the space, discuss their appeal to consumers or lack thereof, and grade their potential for disruption. It's time to dive right in. Are you ready? Let's go. Flavor of the Week. I've had enough time to think through the CVS Signify Health merger and decided to take my time before giving my take. Here's a recap of the news. On September 5th, CVS Health announced it's acquiring home health giant Signify Health for approximately $8 billion. Signify Health has a nationwide value-based network of more than 10,000 clinicians in all 50 states that can visit patients at home. Notable quotes include Signify's CEO, Kyle Armbrester, who said they expect to visit nearly 2.5 million patients through in-person and virtual visits this year. And Karen Lynch, CEO of CVS Health, said that this transaction is a significant step forward in their strategy to enhance their care delivery for consumers and be able to meet their needs when and where they want care. And the home is increasingly part of that choice, unquote. So is this a consumer-first health offering? Let's look at the four pillars. First, what will the experience be? Signify Health's network of clinicians use home-based visits to identify patients' clinical and social needs and then connect them to appropriate follow-up care and community-based resources in order for the patient to have a more connected, effective care experience. On average, they spend two and a half times longer with the patient in the home than providers spend in the average primary care office visit. Second, what's the business model? In short, injecting an $8 billion dose of value-based care contracting. Signify also has a health consulting business obtained through its acquisition of Caravan Health in March that partners with more than 170 providers in Accountable Care Organizations, or ACOs. Third, how is it built? 
What tech and data are backstage making it happen? Between adding a network of 10,000 clinicians and a proprietary analytics and technology platform, the power of scale comes to mind as an important factor in the disruption equation. Fourth, how will it be marketed, aka what's the value prop to consumers? At best, the value prop is convenience from a familiar brand. What's more convenient than primary care coming to you? I think this is where working in healthcare sometimes displays our bias. We tend to take pride in the work that our clinicians do, and if we're not careful, those U.S. news badges can go to our heads. But for most consumers, they'd rather avoid the hospital or doctor's office as long as there's another option. At worst, CVS still might not have a brand that's associated enough with health and wellness to lead many consumers to change how they seek care. Either way, I think we're still a few years away from CVS seeing a boost in brand preference as a result of these bidding wars and headlines. I did have to snicker when I read one story that referred to the home as the quote-unquote new frontier of healthcare. Another referred to it as a renaissance, which seems more accurate, especially to people like Dr. Thomas Cornwell, the national medical director of Village Medical at Home, who's been making house calls for decades. We had him on our episode titled Village MD's Roadmap for Care at Home. It was episode number 227, where he referenced the fact that he's made 34,000 house calls, and I don't want that to get lost in all the headlines here. Bottom line, I'm cheering for any investment that empowers consumers and leads them to a better state of health and wellness. And when I dig in past these headlines, the common trait with most of these disruptors is value-based care, along with elements of scale and convenience. That's the equation that we should be talking about. That's another way that we'll build the healthcare of tomorrow. And that's the flavor of the Week. All right, let's get into the flow. We got a real special episode. It's jam-packed. We're going to cover several different potential disruptors, I'd say, or at least retail brands who are venturing into healthcare, some more than others. And let's get into it. We've got Zane here. How are you doing? Hey, Jared. Good to be here. And James Gardner as well. James, welcome back. Great to be here, Zane and uh, Jared. It's always fun to be with you. So we've received some real good feedback on episodes we've done together on United Health and some of the other ones, James, where we've had you in here. We're going to attempt to do a bit of a, a deep dive as much as we can. Again, we're going to try to cover three different retail brands that are not the big names that we always hear, but there are some interesting things that they're all trying to do in healthcare one way or another. I'd say definitely even of these three, some more than others. Some are putting their, mouth, their money where their mouth is a lot more, but... You know, the interesting thing here is, I mean, like one of my biggest takeaways already, just thinking about these other retail brands just has to do with the fact that it's like every day somebody else is trying this. Somebody else sees value in coming into healthcare. So the three we're going to talk about today are Best Buy, Dollar General and Rite Aid. And we'll start with Best Buy. What we're going to attempt to do is, is just kind of recap some of their moves that they've made in healthcare. And then we'll just share, you know, some insights, some, some observations about where they're at and what that might tell us. We're going to see if there's any things we can pull out about their disruptive tendencies or lack of disruptive tendencies. But yeah, these three in particular have been referred to as the middle children by Rock Health. We've used that term a lot here because I think that really resonates and makes sense. These are not the disruptive startups and they're not the big, big retail. And yet some of these have tremendous footprints out there. And as we've been diving in, it's like, okay, yeah, we maybe we don't discount them completely, but you know, maybe they're still on that scale of what's their impact. They're at the very, very beginning still. So uh, with all that, we want to start with Best Buy. 
And they are one of the ones of, of these three, it's pretty safe to say they have made more moves and invested more and had more acquisitions than, than Dollar General or Rite Aid in, in certain parts of healthcare. Again, that's one of the pieces that I see here. One of the themes is that folks like Best Buy, they are not trying to conquer everything. You know, the, the platitudes or the aspirational messages, the vision that we hear from Amazon, from Walmart, from CVS, that's not what Best Buy is out there, at least publicly saying. They're not trying to solve all things. They're going in in particular directions, in particular ways. James, is there a good starting point, you think, for, for us to just kind of recap some of the moves that Best Buy has made? Sure. So uh, we're all familiar with Best Buy's retail footprint. And of course, you know they're a, d- a dominant force in the world of consumer electronics and uh, related products. But they've made some really, really interesting moves in the world of healthcare, focused on the phenomena of aging at home, as opposed to you know aging in an assisted living facility or other options that boomers and other demographics uh, might be considering. And of course, aging at home, it's it's kind of the dream of most of us, right? It's where we feel most comfortable. It's where we feel safest. And Best Buy is in the business in a major way of enabling that to happen with technology. And they've made a number of moves the, focused on technology and focused on their ability to actually get into people's homes via the Geek Squad and other service forces that they've uh, ramped up and install and maintain a, an array of really cool devices that... Um, frankly, going to make uh, living at home safer and more pleasant. So I'm excited by that because I think it really is a powerful demographic force. Uh, it's no secret that boomers are you know, a bulge in the population that's only going to continue to grow in size. And frankly, quite a number of them are both tech savvy and affluent. So I, th- I like the moves. So that's a quick, quick synopsis. Thoughts, uh, Zane, or thoughts, Jared? You no, know, I really like Best Buy, and maybe I'm a little bit biased. My brother used to work for them on the Geek Squad, and in my day job, we actually had Best Buy CEO come and speak at uh, one of the events that we hosted. And I've interacted with them in healthcare in a couple of different ways. So the first is through Care, which is a really cool product that they have an agreement, I guess a distribution agreement with. And so essentially what Care is, for those that aren't aware of it, it's really fancy, well, I don't want to say fancy, but really straightforward telehealth tool that, that connects to peripheral devices. So you can actually facilitate uh, sorry, a physician can actually facilitate more of an exam. It's a telehealth exam. There's a stethoscope, otoscope, you name it, as opposed to just video and audio. And what has been really cool is Best Buy essentially is a channel partner. And so they, Care has been partnering with health systems around these Best Buy stores. And then Best Buy becomes where people can pick up the product. And then the physicians that are actually delivering the care are are connected on the back end to whomever Care has relationships with. And back in the day when I was in health systems working with Henry Ford, uh, we had pursued an opportunity to be, you know, for a certain part of Michigan, be sort of the exclusive Tido Care at home provider. And then the devices would be sold in Best Buy. And so I really see Best Buy, you know, potentially becoming in a sense like, you know, call it like the digital health hardware pharmacy, where eventually you can go to Best Buy and pick up that right tool that you need to support your care at home or wherever wherever else you may be in the world. And also wanted to touch on what you said earlier, James, around the Geek Squad, which I think is sort of their their secret sauce. I mean, what other big retailer, you know, has the brand and and sort of the um, credibility and then also the trust to allow their employees into people's homes to work on 
I don't know if the term's intimate, but like really intimate things like setting up a TV or our home system. You know, a lot of cases, Geek Squad's like the first person you call when you move to a new place to come and set up all your tech. And so I could very, very easily see Best Buy and the, and by extension, their Geek Squad almost become like that genius bar concept that a lot of health systems were, were playing with, whereby these folks would be sent out to then help healthcare providers ensure that their patients are correctly connected to the right peripheral devices, remote patient monitoring tools, you name it, as it gets more complicated and, and integrated so that we can truly start caring for people in their home. And so I think that's the opportunity uh, that Best Buy certainly can bring to the table. Yeah, that's interesting because it's helping remind me that a retailer's view of healthcare is also potentially more health related and not just sick care. And when I look at some of the products that Best Buy offers, which I, again, like I didn't realize all this until we were kind of preparing for this episode, but you know, things like, like wheelchairs and medication management devices and sound amplification devices, there's things I didn't even realize and, you know, partially just because I, I don't think about it that way, but those, you know, might be more, yeah, health related as opposed to health care. And I find that interesting. I find that, you know, is that part of their their formula for disrupting the areas where they're going deep? So when they acquired Current Health in October of last year, that was one of their major investments to show, uh, James, to your point, this is a health at home or, or aging at home. And that was a big piece. Another one was this recent announcement. It was just in August that the FDA approved certain over-the-counter hearing devices. And so Best Buy right away announced, hey, by the way, like we're going to be selling all these new types of hearing aids and other hearing loss products in our stores right away. So, you know, I, I can't imagine, you know, how long that may have been in the works as if they were preparing for that approval from the FDA. But that tells me, yeah, they're, I think, part of the model here, the disruptive model, which is find the areas where we can offer something that makes sense for our brand and go super deep. That, that's kind of one of my takeaways. Absolutely, absolutely. And yeah, I, I, you know, I agree with you when, when you talk about Best Buy having you know, certainly more than just health products. I mean, I go to Best Buy to buy my Fitbits and fitness stuff. And as we've talked about before on this podcast, usually in like consumer health, that's where you see a lot of like innovation in digital tools that eventually will bleed more into like the medical clinical side. And so I think Best Buy is, you know, very in a very right position to help lead some of that and and frankly, their store their stores are in convenient locations where people can easily go and pick up their equipment. I can imagine some use cases that um, might not be immediately obvious to our audience. Obviously, like a lot of these uh, health and wellness devices, there's a fair amount of complexity, and we're all pretty youthful and tech savvy, so we just take it for granted that anyone can set up a Google at home or uh, an Alexa or a connected uh, hearing device. That's probably not reality for a lot of people, especially as, as they age. But there's also a scenario which I'm drawn to personally where we're aging at a distance from our elderly parents, perhaps on the other side of the country, and still desiring them to be safe and be connected with us. And technology is what enables that. Best Buy is uniquely equipped both to sell a lot of that technology, but also, as, as Zane pointed out, get access into people's homes to install and maintain that equipment on behalf of aging parents or on behalf of families so that everything just works and the technology delivers the magic that we all want it to. Yeah. One thing I'll pile onto that, the access to people's home is actually a big deal in my view. And so 
let me explain that. In chatting with you know a number of solution companies and startups that are trying to get into the home care space or the coordinating stuff going to home, that whole logistical piece is a nightmare. And it's hard to just set up on the fly. Not only do you need like the trust, obviously, of the consumer that, hey, we trust this brand to come into our home. But the logistics of getting an employee to the home, scheduling it, making sure they have the right equipment, making sure they're safe, making like basically building like a like a distributed workforce and coordinating that workforce and the vehicles and the insurance and everything that goes into it is like a huge lift. And so I think the fact that Best Buy has already built that out, or I would imagine it's built out through Geek Squad, through the delivery of, you know, just normal technology and consumer tech is a huge advantage because they're already ahead and they already have that infrastructure to then layer on healthcare related use cases. And so I don't want to say a laugh, but I kind of roll my eyes sometimes when I see early stage startups saying, hey, like, yeah, we're going to bring healthcare straight to the home like physical healthcare to the home, not just digital, that's like a huge lift. And I don't think a lot of people see that. And so Best Buy, I think, is certainly ahead in that, ahead in that space. And we can see them do some cool stuff for that reason. Yeah, I think the experience is, a, is an important part of this formula for potential disruption. Like you mentioned, this is a different type of access. It's access to some of the other devices. It's not just access to a care appointment, which is what we tend to, where I have limited my focus when I hear the word access in a hospital or health system setting, I think access to a provider. But we're talking about access also, like you just said, to some of the other devices that help us in managing other parts of our health. And yeah, I don't want to miss that or underestimate that. One of the other pieces of this formula, I feel like, is leadership. And I do find it interesting, you know, one other reason I guess I'm I'm a bit bullish on Best Buy as well is their their leadership team. And that's headed by Deborah DeSanzo. She's the president of Best Buy Health. She previously was the general manager at IBM Watson Health, and she was the CEO of Philips Healthcare previously. You know, those are areas and and responsibilities that included bringing consumer grade healthcare devices to the market, like to homes. So you know, it strikes me just from her profile and her bio that she has the types of experience that could help continue to bring new things to the market. And she has been out there part of the, at least publicly, again, you know, these are publicly available statements, you know, who, who knows, you know, all the other things going on in the background. But publicly, she has been one who has been focusing on this uh, hospital at home policy. And so in any vision statements or statements available in some of the like press releases when they've made their acquisitions and so forth. She's been out there saying like, we want to work with health systems. We have this program for hospital at home. Like we want to partner. And those strike me as, as positives on that scale yeah. of, of leadership. Absolutely. You know, I've had the pleasure, like I said earlier, of actually hearing her speak um, at an event I was at and she is very charismatic and, and very strategic and sort of, as we've all been talking here, there are, under her leadership, at least, Best Buy will focus exactly where we're kind of talking about here. They're not trying to be all things to all people. They're not necessarily trying to go out there and be your primary health provider. They're truly going to focus on that technology piece, that logistics piece, and facilitating you know remote patient monitoring at home visits, which I think is really awesome. You know, we see leaders all the time say, "Hey, we're one company. We're going to fix all of healthcare." Or I really think they're smart in the sense that they're just they're going to 
build off their existing assets and strengths and stay there and be really good at it. And so credit to her. So I guess to sum up, we give Best Buy like a 10 out of 10 on um, a strategy and probably a 10 out of 10 on execution. At least that's kind of how I'm feeling. I just like the moves that the team has made and uh, think they're very, very well positioned to continue delivering technology into people's homes. Whether it's care at home, you know, the hospital at home concept or aging at home, they just seem to have made a lot of smart, smart bets and um, seem to be enjoying the, the fruits of those. I agree with you. I'm right there too. Stay tuned for more provocative thinking after the break. One of the must-attend healthcare conferences this year is the annual Healthcare Internet Conference. HCIC will be held on November 7th to the 9th in sunny Miami, Florida. This dynamic conference provides a great opportunity for healthcare professionals to learn, share, network, laugh, and collaborate. Here are just some of the great new options that HCIC has in store for you this year. There are recorded bonus sessions available to watch anytime during or after the conference, recorded vendor demos discussing hot topics or showcasing the vendor products or services. There will also be a career fair section that is available to search and browse for open digital healthcare positions. It's really an uplifting way for you and your team to recharge and refocus. Go to hcic.net to learn more and get registered today. That's hcic.net. We can't wait to see you there. Hey, listen up, y'all. Did you know that nearly 60% of people wish their healthcare provider sent them more relevant health information? And 42% would even consider switching to a different provider that sent them more, according to a recent survey of patients in the U.S. The vast majority of them would prefer to get that information via email or text. Persado is a natural language AI company that provides healthcare organizations with pre-developed, pre-optimized messaging journeys proven to build digital relationships, improve health goals, and increase patient retention. Deliver better health outcomes and revenue growth with Persado's data-driven content that inspires action. Visit persado.com to learn more. That's persado, P-E-R-S-A-D-O.com to find out how Persado can help. Okay, back to the flow. Well, let's talk about one that uh, we might grade a little differently at this point in time, which is a Dollar General. Some interesting <laughs> thoughts here, and you know, we've shared I've shared about them on the Flavor of the Week uh, recently about uh, their recent move to launch an advisory panel, and we'll get into that. But I mean, just right off the bat, you know, somebody who's listening who's never thought of Dollar General as a player in healthcare, well, I think that's a pretty justified view is that we don't actually know what their potential is. Also, we don't necessarily think of them that way because they just haven't made the moves and the investments in it. But then, yeah, just the brand itself. What they consider healthcare products are some of the things that are on their shelves. That's everything from from cough and cold and you know dental, nutritional, medical, health aids, and, and feminine hygiene products. Those are things that they have listed as part of their healthcare strategy is identifying some of their retail products just make sure they're available. That's different than the types of products we were just referring to with Best Buy. But then there's this one stat that I'm like, okay, maybe there's a chance for these guys to be a player in some narrow way. And that stat is that 75% of the US population lives within about five miles of a Dollar General store. That's insane. So one of the themes here I think could be scale or at least potentially. I don't know. What do you think, Zane? 
Yeah, I mean, if you look at the numbers, so let me pull it up on the internet here. So at least from what I'm looking at, like Dollar General has nearly 19,000 locations across the U.S. And comparatively, you know, Walmart is at just under 5,000. And so like, like in, t- in terms of like footprint, like this place is like, sorry, their scale and footprint is huge, huge, huge. And frankly, like I... You know, maybe this is a hard, harder topic for me to talk about because I can't say I've ever really been to Dollar General. I'm still kind of new here living in the U.S. But what I have noticed going camping, especially in northern parts of Michigan, is there seems to be a Dollar General in all these sleepy little towns on your way up to the UP. That tells me, yes, that tells me that, you know, potentially there are there certainly is an opportunity for them, again, similar to like Best Buy, to be a physical place where people can pick up or sorry, an outlet where people can pick up, you know, physical products that they need to be part of a broader healthcare delivery plan or adhere to some regimen or treatment that they're on. And then it even looks like Dollar General, um, from what I what I found, is like starting to experiment or is experimenting with mobile clinics in their in their parking lots and so on and so forth to do things like urgent care services and preventative care, like wound care, diagnostics, sports physicals you name it, like that low, low acuity stuff. And so again, just the fact that they have, you know, a presence, a parking lot, probably power and Wi-Fi in some of these communities can make them a, a catalyst to driving care in some of these places. My take on Dollar General is similar to that. So much potential, but also so many questions. Obviously, the footprint across America is staggering. In middle America, where most Americans live, you're right, there's a Dollar General around every corner. That being said, the stores are tiny, so don't think like Walmart-sized locations. These are almost akin to large convenience stores. So it's a very different footprint, um, but albeit they're everywhere. The other phenomenon that I think makes them a bit of a lightning rod is they're notorious for you know being a purveyor of cigarettes, alcohol, salty snacks, sugary snacks. So it's, it's not a health food destination by any stretch of the imagination. So there's always criticism, and I think a lot of it's legitimate, as to how they can be a credible force for good. If nothing else, improving the assortment of health and wellness products in these remote locations across America, that alone is a pretty significant win, which we don't see uh, here in Boston. Obviously, there's a retailer around every corner, but in a lot of the markets where Dollar General finds itself, there are no other convenient alternatives to get cough and cold products, oral care, baby care products, and an affordable price. The other lever that I think Dollar General uh, will pull quite successfully is around perishable food. Yes, they sell a lot of quote-unquote junk, but they are moving out assortment both of frozen but also fresh produce, which again could be a game changer in communities where they may be the only uh, grocery outlet for 15, 20, 30, 40 miles. So the opportunity to have fruits and vegetables, again, affordably brought into a community, that will make a difference, I would imagine. But what I wouldn't expect, I wouldn't expect them to be deploying doctors into these stores or pharmacies. The stores are too small and the communities are just too small to support that. So we have to have different expectations for Dollar General. I think as long as we have those reasonable expectations, yeah, they could make a difference. They could. We're waiting and seeing. I think that's a good call out. I'll be curious, and maybe this is me being too like marketing and brand focused, but I'll be curious, like how do they evolve their brand or change their brand story, if you will, if I'm even using the right words? Because I don't immediately think of a dollar store being able to provide being a credible source or partner for healthcare services 
I, I think Best Buy is fine. I, I know we're going to talk about Rite Aid here in a second. I think that's fine. But when I think of like a dollar store, I think really a dollar store providing healthcare or healthcare services. And so I'll be curious just to see how, how communities respond to that, you know, how the industry responds to that, and frankly, how potential partners may choose to work with them or not work with them. Well, I think that's a really good point. The branding aspect of all of this has to do with those consumers who at some point decide to at least consider having some of those healthcare needs met at a place like this. And so, yeah, like the branding, we uh, I'm glad you brought that up because that's an important part of this formula as well. And, you know, part of me wonders at some point, have we all kind of gone through that same line of questioning at CVS? We're like, CVS, really? <laughs> and then Walmart, you know, Walmart still, yes, Walmart Health, but like Walmart, the brand, I still associate with anytime I go into one, everything down the main aisle is uh, sugar, candy, junk food, chips, donuts. And I'm like, you know, at some point, they've either you know, been able to get over that as a brand or they're still working on it. You know, I imagine it's all still a work in progress, but yeah, it's an important piece of this puzzle. I think that's where all these retailers are, you know, trying to acquire talented and reputable healthcare folks on either their boards of directors or advisory boards or obviously bringing incredible people to lead their category. And so I'll be curious just to see overall how these brands evolve and to basically how do they communicate credibility and quality specifically to their healthcare products where they may, where quality may not be their value proposition in other areas of their business, like Dollar General or you know, back home, it's Dollarama in Canada, where no one goes to Dollarama buying things thinking that it's going to last forever, right? It's like a you know, one year thing, but you know, I would hope that we would change, we would change our positioning a little bit for healthcare things. So remains to be seen. I would just um, remind our listeners, one of the major corners that CVS turned years ago was dropping cigarettes from their stores. Mm, I Um, didn't know that. Yeah. And it was extremely well-received, but not without controversy because it was a major traffic driver, right? Foot traffic into stores. Addictive products tend to (laughs) have, you know, the ability to generate traffic into stores, which creates add-on purchases. So there were questions by analysts and investors as to you know, whether this was the right time and the right strategy, but it paid dividends in that it, it polished the CVS brand and told the world that we truly are taking health and wellness seriously. And that is a question for the, the Dollar General team. You know, how do you square that circle of stores laden with unhealthy products everywhere you turn? Listen. Yeah. Hey, listen, they better not get rid of the beef jerky. The one time I did go to Dollarama on my, on my trip up north, I do love beef jerky, even though it's terribly full of nitrates and gives me heartburn, but they better not take that away or I'm going to have my own episode on this podcast and tear them to shreds. <laughs> <laughs> well taken. And that, that might be a microcosm of how we think about Dollar General. <laughs> the two things I want to make sure we, we don't leave out here are the really the only two moves or headlines that I'm aware of. James, correct me if, if this is wrong, if they've done more. But you know, last year, appointing Dr. Albert Wu as their chief medical officer, and then in July of this year, announcing their healthcare advisory panel to, I believe their purpose outwardly was to help them determine and, and decide what services and offerings they might pursue. And that did include a couple of, I'd say, noteworthy, uh, well-respected, uh, medically trained folks on their board, which, you know, you can't fault them, I think, for for uh, having people like this on their board. But 
you know, Dr. Patrick Carroll, who's a he's the CMO of Vita Health, Dr. Katie Lance, she's the chief strategy and product officer at Personal Care Medical Associates, uh, Dr. Vaughn Nguyen, the clinical lead of public and population health at Google, and Dr. Yolanda Hill Wimberly, who's the chief health equity officer at Grady Health Systems. Just uh, you know, an interesting panel there. Are there any other moves that they've made? or And what do you think about those moves, James? I think those are legitimate moves. Um, obviously, a chief medical officer that sends a signal that at least at some level of leadership, you know, these questions are being asked around the right way to move forward and advance health and wellness in their communities. And certainly, the, you're, you're right, the advisory panel, it's blue chip. I just wish they were moving faster and showing more tangible results. It's over a year since Dr. Wu was hired, and I would have expected a little bit more boldness Let's make sure we send them a letter, James, and let them know. We want them to move faster. A stern email. Yes. <laughs> the Healthcare App Podcast crew, move faster. Let me just play the final seat before we move off of Dollar General. I've long thought that um, a logical addition to kind of their health and wellness offering would be some type of telehealth uh, offering, whether it's something as basic as like telecounseling, because uh, as we know, in huge swaths of America, access to uh, behavioral health is impossible. Uh, there's just no uh, clinical capacity. But telehealth in that instance is a completely um, powerful and logical way of getting care to people that desperately may need it. And it, it strikes me that could be something they white label with a telehealth partner or perhaps develop as a capability themselves. I've not heard of any moves to that end, but it's, it's always struck me as possibly a smart way for them to have impact. Perfect. Yeah, totally agree there. So how do we grade these guys? Six out of 10. What do you think, James? Yeah, I grade them highly on like potential to do good and, and really help the health and wellness of Americans. Execution today, like it's almost incomplete. If we can grade them you know, with uh, uh, IC, uh, more time and more uh, results need to be seen before we can say how much good they're actually going to be able to do. Yep, yep. And there, I'm right there too. Let's keep going down the road towards rural health and let's talk about Rite Aid. So these guys are interesting as well. I'd say they're kind of somewhere in between. And I feel like overall in terms of the potential for disruption and the potential for for just exploring new ways of, of addressing health. And there aren't a whole lot of notable headlines in terms of acquisitions like you know Best Buy primarily doing it through acquisitions. These guys have have gone the partnership route, and I mean the drugstore chain itself has grown through acquisitions over the last twenty plus years to where they are now. But the biggest real headline that I've seen is their partnership with Homeward for mobile healthcare units, and that was just announced a couple months ago. That was just a little earlier this year, and you know those are basically clinics on wheels. They're stationed in the pharmacy's parking lot. That's something to be said for not only finding what I feel like is the right partner, because I'm nothing but bullish about Homeward, but also just that as a, as a strategy. Is that partnership strategy you know, part of this disruptive formula? Where do you guys want to go with this one, James? I don't have really many positive thoughts about Rite Aid, unfortunately. <laughs> Obviously, they're, they're fine as, a, as far as you know, a network of pharmacies go. But I just feel like relative to the moves that CVS has made, obviously, acquiring Aetna being an obvious one, or that the moves that Amazon has done with Amazon Pharmacy, it just feels like they're moving too slowly, too cautiously, and are not making you know the moves that a lot of their major competitors are making. So I wish I had more positive news to report from what I see, You know that they perhaps are the laggards of this group. Yeah, I mean, 
it doesn't seem like they've done much, but except, you know, this partnership with Homeward, which I personally love only because I started my career off in rural. And you know, for those of our listeners that aren't familiar with Homeward, essentially what they're trying to, or they are doing is they're becoming in-network primary care provider, primarily focused on Medicare Advantage patients in a rural setting. And so they've been going around Michigan, actually. So here where I live, so very relevant to us, you know, working with Priority Health, um, which is a Spectrum Beaumont Health Plan and others to basically get contracts and start launching their model here in Michigan. So they're brand new to the table and then recently announced that their sort of mobile clinic model will will rotate or park itself on, you know, right aid in right aid parking lots to then facilitate care where needed. And so I guess that remains to be seen. Like we'll see how far, you know, how homeward does itself and then how far this partnership can take them and see if they can take the model outside of Michigan and to other parts of Michigan, other states, you name it. But I think maybe one thing that comes to mind and even goes back to Jollar General and certainly putting back my rural hat on, there's a lot to be said and this is going to sound so basic and stupid, but there's a lot to be said for just having a place to go that is well lit, that has a connection to power, that has water and Wi-Fi. And so I think there is something for these retailers that are in these more rural communities that can literally, literally just be a physical platform, a safe platform, somewhere that's probably close to a main road or main artery for a mobile clinic to be set up. It makes it so much easier. And through COVID, I was leading some of the work at Henry Ford Health System with some of the mobile clinics. And that was one of our biggest challenges. Like, okay, if we're going to bring our vans here, like where's their power? Do we have Wi-Fi to you know, get on the EMR? Do we have water in the case we do need to wash our hands? And is it in a very convenient space for patients to come and get their vaccination or we're doing occupational health work as well? And so those basics, I think, are something we shouldn't forget when we think about some of these partnerships in health, particularly in the rural setting. I really like that idea of leveraging the um, real estate that Red Ed obviously owns and controls as a platform for delivering care in non-traditional ways like a mobile type of capability that's out of the box. I like that. Well, one other piece of this puzzle for these guys is kind of like with Best Buy. I think there's there's something something to be said for, at least publicly, what their leaders are saying. And so the, the CEO of Rite Aid is Hayward Dawn again, and she's made some statements out there about the, the future of pharmacy. Just a couple of months ago, the, this summer, she talked about how pharmacy should be full service and transportable was the word she used. And so, you know, that makes me wonder if that's a direction that they could focus on and, and offer some value. Between that and the Homeward Partnership tells me maybe they're not going to try to brand themselves the same way as, as what Dollar General hopes to do. Of If their focus is on pharmacy all along and some services, from what I see, Rite Aid offers free prescription delivery. They offer a, a free program for quitting smoking. You know, those are just things that I wouldn't say are typical when I think of a pharmacy. Again, it's kind of like the the perception or the brand side of this too. So I think that's on the potential grade. I'd notch it up a little bit higher just because at least publicly they're they're starting to say, yeah, here's some areas that we might find that we can help. So so how do we grade Rite Aid? Eight, seven, seven out of 10. So we kind of did the two where we did the, the potential and I'd, I'd say the same. I'd give probably give them a seven for potential, uh, especially because we, we factor in that scale side of it as well and their leadership team you know i don't have any uh, complaints or you know any inside knowledge you know that that gives me any reason to be uh, bearish about the leaders but then the other side of yeah like what have they done so far 
that was a good step in the right direction. It feels like to partner with Homeward, and so I think there's a potential there. I'd probably you know give them a solid, I'd say a four <laughs> for uh, what they've done so far. Yeah, I'd like to see more. All right, we'll send them a letter too. <laughs> <laughs> Not as stern. <laughs> <laughs> Slightly yes. less sternly worded. We need to see email. more. We need more <laughs> podcast content. Please do something. Give us something to talk about. <laughs> I like it. It was ambitious to try to cover three in one, but I think we did it. I think uh, we we pulled out a lot of pieces of that disruptive formula. Some of the ones we mentioned are scale, leadership, access, consumer experience, partnerships, and brand. And yeah, there's a lot to it. That's why this this is complicated. It's not easy to disrupt, and there are only a certain number of players who can. There's going to be a lot more who try it, and it's it's fun to try to keep up with it all and, and learn what's happening all along the way. So, final thoughts, uh, James, and then Zane. I'm just so thrilled that we had the opportunity to um, take a look at these three uh, very different uh, retailers and, and their strategies. And you're right, just being a spectator is fascinating just to see the moves and get a sense of what's going to work and what might not work. Yeah. I think my final thought, Jared, is to incumbents. So, you know, traditional health hospital systems, like think really hard whether or not you really want to start building your own clinics or opening up new ambulatory centers. Like I think it should be on every, every real estate manager for a health systems checklist. Like how might we partner with someone else as opposed to just starting to build our own thing. Because these guys, I think, are going to stay in the game. They're not going anywhere. This isn't temporary. It's only going to grow. And the thought of, you know, look what players who are totally under the radar can at least be talking about and trying to move towards when the center of their attention isn't always provider contracts and medical groups. But that's a story for another day. So great to, to be with you guys again. And uh, thanks for everything. Uh, thanks for all the insights here. Until next time, we'll we'll do this again. We have lots of other disruptors to talk about. We're only just beginning here, but thanks so much. Thanks, Jared. Thanks, Zane. Hey, thanks for having me. Thanks. Thanks for tuning in. If you like what you heard, please spread the word. Tell your colleagues to tune in for all the awesomeness, then leave a review on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen. This show is produced by Shift Forward Health, the channel for changemakers. Subscribe to Shift Forward Health on your favorite podcast app, and you'll be subscribed to our entire library of shows. See our full lineup at shiftforwardhealth.com. One subscription, all the podcasts you need, and it's all for free. And remember, we might have a lot of work to do in healthcare, but we'll get there faster together. Thanks again.